You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. If you think you know film photography, then here is your chance to prove it. In my first podcast quiz, there are 50 questions. How many can you get right? Keep listening and find out. Also keep listening for an update on the Lomachrome Purple Competition and Zine. I'm Matt Murray and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Everything analog photography related. Matt loves cameras. Hello, my friends. How are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are, all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode. 44 of Matt Loves Cameras. Gosh, we're creeping up to the the magic 50 mark, aren't we? And today's episode, it's the first Matt Loves Cameras film photography quiz. So there are 50 questions. Uh, There's a little over 50 points because there's a few bonus points thrown in there. And we're not going to do too much of an introduction today after, after last episode's mammoth 12 or so minute introduction to the episode. Today, we're going to get stuck straight in. So here we go. Get your thinking caps on and the most important piece of information here is no googling. You're not allowed to do any searching for information while you listen to this. You need to rely on the information that's in your brain. Now, a lot of the questions are multiple choice, so you get a fair crack at the the answer, but some of them you're just going to need to know. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's get started. So here we go, round one of the first Matt Loves Cameras quiz. Locations of famous photos. So here is question number one. In 1934, Life magazine photographer Margaret Burke White was famously photographed as she took a photo from one of the eagles on the 61st floor of which building in New York City? Was it A, the Chrysler Building, B, the Flatiron Building, C, the Empire State Building, or D, the MetLife Tower. So there's a photograph, famous photograph of Margaret Burke White famously taking a photo from one of the eagles on which building in New York City? A, the Chrysler Building, B, the Flatiron Building, C, the Empire State Building, or D, the MetLife Tower. Question two. Perhaps the most famous Henri Cartier-Bresson photo was taken at the back of a Paris train station. It showed a man leaping over a puddle. Now the word in French for train station is gare and the word gare features in the name of the photo. So what is the name of the photo? Is it A. Behind the Gare du Nord B. Behind the Gare de Lyon C. Behind the Gare Montparnasse or D. Behind the Gare Saint-Lazare. So that famous image of the man jumping over a puddle from Henri Cartier-Bresson. Was it A, behind the Gare du Nord, B, behind the Gare de Lyon, C, behind the Gare Montparnasse, or D, behind the Gare Saint-Lazare? Question three. One of the most defining images of the Vietnam War showed a member of the Viet Cong being executed in the street. In which Vietnamese city did this photo take place? A. Saigon, which is now known as Ho Chi Minh City. B. Da Nang. C. Hanoi. Or D. Hoi An. So that famous uh, photo of the execution, a very really interesting story behind it. Which city was it taken in? A, Saigon, which is now known as Ho Chi Minh City. B, Da Nang. C, Hanoi. D, Hoi An. Question four. On Christmas Eve 1968, astronaut William Anders took a photo during the Apollo 8 mission, which showed something humans had never seen before the Earth rising into the sky above the lunar horizon. One of the images he took was a colour image called Earthrise and is one of the most iconic images of all time. But which of the following continents can be seen on this image? So it's an image of the Earth taken from space with the moon in the foreground. So which of the Earth's continents can be seen clearly in the image? A. The Americas, that's uh, North America and South America. 
B, Australia, C, Europe, or D, Africa? So in the famous Earthrise photo taken by astronaut William Anders, which continent is visible as that Earth is rising? Is it A, the Americas, B, Australia, C, Europe, or D, Africa? Question five. Dorothea Lange's 1936 image, Migrant Mother, is one of the most iconic images of the Great Depression. In which US state was that image taken? Was it A, California, B, Idaho, C, Colorado, or D, Wyoming? So which state, US state, was the image Migrant Mother taken in? Was it A, California, B, Idaho, C, Colorado, or D, Wyoming? Round two is all about the masters of photography. So we're going to continue the numbering. We'll start at number six. Of course, we've already had five questions in round one. So we'll start round number two with question number six. What focal length of lens did Henri Cartier-Bresson use for most of his career? What focal length of lens did he use? There's no multiple choice on this one. You're just going to have to guess. Question seven. Vivian Meyer took over 100,000 photos throughout her lifetime, but with which camera brand is she most associated? So she did take images with several different brands of camera, but there was one particular brand of camera that she had several models of, and she used that camera for that brand of camera for a long time. Question eight. Which camera did Steve McCurry use for his famous Afghan girl image? So which camera did he use? And I'm going to give you some bonus points here. If you know the focal length of the lens he used for that image, and if you know if you know the film stock that he used, you're going to get a bonus point for each of those. So there's one point for knowing the camera, one point for knowing the focal length of the lens, and one point for the film. So there's a couple of extra bonus points there for you if you know that one. Question nine. Which legendary photographer was a personal friend of Polaroid founder Edward Land? This legendary photographer tested every major camera and film that Polaroid ever produced, and this person even escorted Edward Land's wife Helen into one of the first demonstrations of the SX-70 camera in May 1972. Now, I'm going to give you some, uh, some multiple choices of this one. Was it A, Ansel Adams? B, Robert Frank, C, Robert Kappa, or D, Diane Arbus. So yeah, there you go. Which legendary photographer was a personal friend of Polaroid founder Edward Land? A, Ansel Adams, B, Robert Frank, C, Robert Kappa, D, Diane Arbus. Question number 10. What was Annie Leibovitz's camera of choice for much of her career? Now, she has shot with quite a few cameras, uh, some of them digital, but obviously in her very, uh, most of her early career, there was all film cameras. But what was her camera of choice? Was it A, the Mamiya RB67? B, the Mamiya RZ or RZ67? C, the Pentax 67? or D, the Bronica SQA. On to round three, and these are questions about camera companies. Okay, so here we go. Question 11. Which Hong Kong camera company made the Diana in the 1960s? Was it A, the Causeway Bay Camera Co? B, the Great Wall Plastic Co? C, Lucky Film China? Or D, Shanghai Camera Co? So, in the 1960s, which Hong Kong camera company made the original Diana camera? A, Causeway Bay Camera Co., B, Great Wall Plastic Co., C, Lucky Film China, or D, Shanghai Camera Co.? Question number 12. Which Japanese camera brand is a contraction of the owner's name followed by the phrase brownie camera? in Japanese. So it's a Japanese name, a Japanese phrase, and it's a contraction of the owner's name followed by the phrase Browning camera. Now I'm not going to give you multiple choice <laughs> answers for this one, uh, but I think if you don't know it, when you hear the answer, you'll probably kick yourself. Uh, but there you go. So question number 13. In which 
East German city was Maya Optic based. Of course, Maya Optic are the makers of lenses such as the Dummy Plan, the Oriston, the Trier Plan, and the Primo Plan. So, which East German city were they based? A. Dresden, B. Görlitz, C. Leipzig, or D. Frankfurt an der Oder? So, in which East German city is or was Maya Optic based? A. Dresden, B. Görlitz, C. Leipzig, D. Frankfurt and Oder. Question 14. The Russian camera, the Lomo LCA, was more or less a copy of a camera made by which Japanese company? A. Topcon, B. Konica, C. Casina, D. Yashka. So the, the Russian Lomo LCA was more or less a copy of a camera made by which Japanese company? A. Topcon, B. Konica, C. Kosina, D. Yashka. Question 15. In the 1960s, German camera manufacturer Zeiss Icon merged with which other German camera maker? A. Balder, B. Agfa, C. Linhoff, D. Voigtlander. So in the 1960s, Zeiss Icon merged with which other German camera manufacturer? A. Balder, B. Agfa, C. Linhoff, D. Voigtlander. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Round four, and the questions are all about film emulsions. So question number 16. Which vintage Kodak film canister had a bright green lid? So of course in the 1960s, I think it was, uh, quite often film, 35mm film, came in these beautiful metal canisters. And uh, which Kodak film canister, which Kodak film came in a canister with a bright green lid? Was it Tri-X? A Tri-X, B Panatomic X, C Ektachrome, or D Kodachrome. So which Kodak metal film canister had a bright green lid? A Tri-X, B Panatomic X, C Ektachrome, or D Kodachrome? Question number 17. What was the name of the film rumored to be a batch of Velvia that didn't pass the quality control process that was launched especially for Japanese cherry blossom season. So this is a Fujifilm slide film or color reversal film. It's thought to maybe have been a batch of Velvia that wasn't quite right, but they launched it under a different name for Japanese cherry blossom season. So what was it called? Question 18. Introduced in 1972, 110 cartridge film is, in essence, a miniature version of which film introduced by Kodak nine years earlier in 1963. So 110 film, it's essentially a mini version of what other film brought out by Kodak nine years earlier. Question number 19. When shooting APS film, you can typically take images in how many different aspect ratios? So you're shooting APS, you've got your roll of APS film in there. Uh, How many different types of image aspect ratios can you typically shoot with? Question number 20. Which format has the bigger image size? So which format has the bigger image size? Polaroid Joycam or Instax Mini? So that's a bit of a tough one. That's a bit of a tough one. Which format has the bigger image size? Now, of course, with an instant image, there's the the size of the prints, which includes the border around the outside, and there's the image size, which is just the photo bit. So which format has the bigger image size? Polaroid Joycam or Instax Mini? Round five, and I have a bunch of random questions for you in round five. So question number 21. When you take a photo on an iPhone, or when you take a screenshot on a Mac, the sound that it makes, which is this, hear that? It's actually the sound of a classic film camera. Yes, that's true. It's a sound of a classic film camera. So is that sound A, a Pentax Bokmatic, B, a Canon AE-1, C, a Contax G2, or D, a Nikon FM2? 
So what is that sound that the iPhone and the Mac makes? A, the Pentax Botmatic, B, the Canon AE-1, C, the Contax G2, or D, the Nikon FM2? Question number 22. 22. <laughs> How many exposures would you typically get on a roll of 120 film if you shot the aspect ratio six by eight? So how many exposures would you get on a roll of 120 film if you shot with the aspect ratio six by eight? Question number 23. Which company produced the first autofocus SLR? Was it A, Canon, B, Konica, C, Olympus, or D, Polaroid? Which company produced the first autofocus SLR? A, Canon, B, Konica, C, Olympus, D, Polaroid. Question number 24. In what year was the first color photograph taken? Was it A, 1841, B, 1861, C, 1881, or D, 1901? In what year was the first color photo taken? A, 1841, B, 1861, C, 1881, D, 1901. Question 25. The photo that is said to be the most viewed photograph of all time is an image called Bliss, which was the was the image Bliss captured? Was it A, Velvia, B, Ektachrome, C, Kodachrome, or D, Provia? So that image of the green hills and the blue sky, uh, which uh, featured on the background of Microsoft XP operating system background, uh, if you remember that back that far, uh, which classic reversal film was it captured on? A, Velvia, B, Ektachrome, C, Kodachrome, or D, Provia? So we're at the halfway mark. How are you doing? Do you, do you feel like this is hard or easy? <laughs> um, be sure to let me know. Either email mattlovescameras.gmail.com or you can message me on Instagram. And uh, we'll have a little break now before we get stuck into the rest of the questions. Let's keep going with the questions. We're up to round six, which is film processing, which is not really my forte. It's not really my area of expert knowledge. So I hope I get the uh, the questions and answers to this right. So this will be question 26. What was the name of the process for developing color reversal film before E6? So the current process for developing color reversal film or slide film is E6. What did E6 replace? What was it called? Question number 27. If your film is entirely blank with no visible images and it does not have any frame numbers along the top of the bottom, what is the obvious explanation for the issue? A, your camera shutter speeds are incorrect. B, the film was processed in water or fixer first instead of developer. C, you left the lens cap on, or D, you agitated your film too much during development. So if your film comes out and it's entirely clear, there's no frame numbers, there's no, no markings on the film saying what kind of film it is, what is the most obvious explanation for the issue? Your camera shutter speeds are incorrect, that was A. B is the film was processed in water or fixer first instead of developer. C, you left the lens cap on, or D, you agitated your film too much during the dev. Question number 27. What four ingredients typically make up caffeinol? So caffeinol, the recipe for uh, developing film using coffee. There you go. That's a bit of a hint there. What are the four ingredients for caffeinol? Now, some say that one of the ingredients is optional, uh, but we're throwing that one in there as standard. So there's, there's four ingredients, one of which is coffee. Question number 29. If you shot a roll of 400 speed film at ISO 1600 in your camera, 
and you didn't want underexposed images, what would you typically need to do when you're developing your film? Would you A, push it one stop, B, push it two stops, C, push it real good, or D, pull it two stops? So there you go. Would you, uh, if you if you shot a roll of 400 speed film at ISO 1600 in your camera and you didn't want underexposed images, what would you typically need to do in the dev? Would you A, push it one stop, B, push it two stops, C, push it real good, or D, pull it two stops? Question number 30. If your process negatives are too dark, that is, they are denser than expected, which of the following would not be a possible reason? A. Development time is too long. B. Developer is too warm. C. Too much agitation has been given. D. Used fixer before developer. Now assume that we're talking about black and white film developing here, by the way. So if your process negatives are too dark, they're denser than expected, which of the following would not be a possible reason? A, the development time is too long. B, the developer is too warm. C, too much agitation has been given. D, you used fixer before developer. Okay, so we're on to round seven now. Oh, this is this is my favorite round. Cameras in popular culture. Here we go. <laughs> so this is question, what are we up to now? We're up to question 31. Question 31. Uh, with which Polaroid camera did Andy Warhol famously shuffle back and forth with as he was trying to achieve focus when taking portraits? So he used quite a few different Polaroid cameras, but with one of them, he had to famously shuffle back and forth with so he could get his subject in focus. And I'm not going to give you any multiple choice there. Question 32. Which iconic Nikon camera featured on the cover of Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited album? There you go. Which iconic Nikon camera featured on the cover of Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited album? Question 33. In Alfred Hitchcock's film Rear Window, you know what's coming next, right? What brand of camera did Jimmy Stewart use? Well, actually, we'll do brand and model. Uh, so we'll do one point for each. Which brand of camera and which model was it? So that one's a possible of uh, two points if you get that right. Now, here's the next question. It's question 34. Which of the following has Kodak's legendary film Kodachrome not given its name to? A, a film. That is a film that you would see at the cinema. B, a song. C, a paint scheme for locomotives. D, a national park. So Kodachrome has given its name to all of these except one. Which one is the odd one out? A, a film that you would see at the cinema. B, a song. C, a paint scheme for locomotives. Or D, a national park. Actually, i tell you what, I'm feeling generous. I'm going to give you double points for that one. Okay, double points for that question. Question 35. In National Lampoon's European vacation, the Griswold family had their video camera stolen when they were persuaded to take their shoes off and stand in the aptly titled Fountain of the Innocents in Paris. But what other type of camera did Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase, use in the film? So what kind of camera? Now, I'm just looking for a brand name here, like a, a brand, a camera manufacturer. I don't know what model it was. So I'm not going to give you any more hints than that. <laughs> so what other camera, besides the video camera, what did Clark Griswold use in National Lampoon's European Vacation? Great film, by the way. On to round eight. Wow, we're really almost getting towards the end now. And this time, it's going to be a pretty quick round, a bit of a quick fire round. Uh, this time, I want a year. I'm not going to give you any multiple choice. You just have to know the answers. <laughs> so question 36. In what year was the Polaroid SX-70 released? In what year was the Polaroid SX-70 released? Question 37. In what year did Louis Daguerre go public with his invention of daguerreotypes? In what year did Louis Daguerre go public with his invention of daguerreotypes? Question 38. 
In what year did Kodak introduce Kodachrome? In what year did Kodak introduce Kodachrome? Question 39. Which year did Fujifilm launch the first disposable or single-use camera? In which year did Fujifilm launch the first disposable or single-use camera? Question 40. In which year was 120 roll film introduced? In what year was 120 roll film introduced? So there you go. That's really going to, uh, you know, separate the, the wheat from the chaff. Is that the right expression? Um, so you, it's some really uh, tricky ones there uh, for you for round eight. And we're now on to round nine. Now, not, now, I can't speak. Round nine is called different name, same camera. So, I'm, I'm, you know, you can probably guess what's going to come. I'm going to name a camera and you have to give me the alternate name for the camera. So the first one is the Hasselblad. Oh, sorry, this is question, where are we? This is question 41. Question 41. The Hasselblad X-Pan 1. What's the alternate name for it? The Hasselblad X-Pan 1. Question number 42. The Fujifilm Class. That's the original Fujifilm Class. Not the Class S or the Class W. The original Fujifilm Class. What's its original name? Uh, its alternate name. It was It was the exact same camera. was marketed under a different name. And what was it? The next one is an easy one. Uh, it's the uh, question 43. The Olympus Mu2. The Olympus Mu2. What's its other name? Question 44. What was the original name of the Olympus OM-1? It had originally had a, a different name when it was first released. What was it? The Olympus OM-1. And finally, Canon like to call their cameras different names in different markets. So the Canon SureShot series was often known by the name Prima in Europe. And what name in Japan? So the Canon Short Shot series, known by the name Prima in Europe, and what name in Japan? On to the final round. Uh, I hope you're finding this uh, fun and interesting, and you're not too frustrated if you don't know too many of the answers, or maybe you know all of them. Maybe I've made it too easy. Uh, but we're into the final round, and there is round 10 is called Name That Camera. So it's pretty obvious what it is. I'm going to play a sound. You've got to name that camera. Now for this round, there is no background music because you need to concentrate on the sound of the cameras. Okay, so here is the first one. You'll probably uh, find this one very familiar. In fact, you probably, you know, probably find them all familiar if you've listened to this podcast more than once. Here we go. Question number, what are we on to? 46. Question 46. What camera is this shutter sound from? Well, actually, it's not just a shutter sound. It's also the, the sound of it winding on. Here we go. Does that sound familiar? Uh, it's the sound at the start of every episode of Matt Loves Cameras. Uh, it was never meant to be, but I'll, I'll tell you a story about that when I give you all the answers for the quiz. And here it is again. On to question number 47. Here is the next camera. One of my favorite little cameras. Oh, I oh know I gave you a bit of a clue there. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a lovely little sound as well. And I'll play it for you one more time. On to question 48. And uh, this one's pretty easy. Here it is. Gosh, it uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't sound too healthy there, did it? But uh, maybe the, the batteries uh, were a little low. Um, oh, gosh, I've given you a clue there. Uh, but I think you'll know what that one is. But I'll play it again anyway. Here we go. <laughs> Not exactly music to your ears, is it? Uh, but it, it does sound better when the batteries are a little bit better. So there you go. That was at number 48. That was question 48. Uh, two more questions to go. Uh, this is number 49. Question number 49. So there you go. That was the sound of one frame of 35mm film being exposed. So there's, there's a bit of a clue there. One frame of 35mm being uh, exposed. I'll give you this sound again. 
Okay, and now we're finally on to question 50. Uh, question 50, here is one which I'm sure many people will know. Here we go. Here it is again. So that completes the quiz. We're going to have a little musical interlude now, followed by a couple of updates on some uh, projects and bits and bobs, and then we'll get stuck into the answers, and you can discover how well you went. If you would like to support this podcast, why not buy our dad a coffee? Visit coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras. And buy him a coffee for just $3. Thank you so much to Ciro Setter, who sent me nine US dollars this month. Thank you so much, Ciro. I really appreciate it. It helps with the running costs of the podcasts. And he bought me three coffees on coffee.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras. And if you'd like to do that, uh, you're most welcome to. It costs as little as $3 to show your support. Now, there's something else I want to tell you about before we dive in to the answers for the questions. And that is the Lomochrome Purple competition that's coming up. Well, we're actually in the middle of it right now. So in episode 42 of Matt Loves Cameras, I reviewed the Lomography Lomochrome Purple film and I launched the competition. And this is very similar to the two competitions we ran last year, Pantastic and Sproctastic, where you send your images in. I get a judge on who helps me judge all of the images and we put our favorite image from each person into a zine which is then sold through mattlovescameras.com and so at the moment the, the the competition we're running at the moment is the purple competition the, the rules are very easy all you need to do is shoot a roll of lomochrome purple in any format 35 mil 110 or 120 from the 1st of february to the 15th of May 2021. So I've uh, I've lengthened the dates there. I've opened it up for two extra weeks. Originally it was the end of April, but now it's going to be the 15th of May. So that's that's your deadline, 15th of May. And you've got to shoot a roll of Lomography's Lomochrome Purple between the 1st of February and the 15th of May 2021. And then I'll give you a little bit of time to send me the best four images. You can find out all the details in the entry form on mattlovescameras.com. All you basically do is go onto the, the Google form and you put your name, your social media details, what kind of camera you took the Lomochrome Purple film with, uh, anything special you did, anything you want to tell me, the location or any special details. And you press submit and you're in the running. Now, I've seen a few people tag me on Instagram the last few days or the last couple of weeks. Um, which is great to see so many people out there shooting film. I think uh, Sam Warner in Ohio sent uh, tagged me in an image and so did Arjon in Canada. Thank you so much, guys. And Bob Sincere also uh, tagged me in a photo, I think, and he's actually sent his in already. So we've got four entries so far. It sounds like there's a lot of people out there shooting purple, uh, but I have lengthened the end date to the 15th of May. Just giving those people who live in cold, snowy sort of places a little bit more time to, to shoot that purple and enter the next community competition and zine. Now an update on episode 43, which was my 10 film photography goals for autumn 2021. Of course, it's autumn down here in Australia at the moment. It might be coming into spring in the Northern Hemisphere, but we're getting into autumn. And it's getting nice and cool, actually. The the mornings and the evenings here in Brisbane are getting a little bit cool. And, uh, well, I mean, cool by our standards. It's still very warm. Uh, so I put down 10 goals in that episode that I wanted to achieve in March, April and May. And, you know, I have made progress. I've actually put together a lot of my next zine. My next zine is going to be called Rolled Gold. It's going to feature about 36 pages of photography from 2019 when I used the Olympus LT1 point and shoot and Kodak Gold 200 for the entire year. And so I guess it's really a zine about how using one piece of kit um, can really help your photography. You know, you're getting to know that camera, you're getting to know that film stock. And, you know, instead of uh, constantly chasing after the next thing, it can really help you. Um, I am guilty 
guilty of buying new cameras fairly often. But I, after using the LT1 throughout 2019, I do feel like my, my gas isn't as bad as it once was, believe it or not. It's also a zine, though, about kind of what we've lost in the last year or so, you know, with the pandemic. And, you know, we actually went overseas twice in 2019, which was unusual that we would go overseas twice. Uh, but it's sort of almost a zine as well about, you know, appreciating those things that sometimes you take for granted. So I've more or less chosen all of the photos to go in the book. Uh, I've just got to write some little passages about each location. And um, yeah, that's. I, I think we're on schedule now um, for maybe in a late April release of that one. Maybe, maybe early May, who knows? And the other thing that I've progressed on my list of 10 goals was I've actually sold one camera. Uh, it's my old digital camera, my old Fujifilm X-T2. It's probably the most expensive camera I had on my list to sell. Um, so I've got rid of that now, which is fantastic. Gone to a home where someone's going to really appreciate it. It was in great condition and I, I hope they really get a lot of uh, use and enjoyment out of that. And my bank balance is looking a little bit better now that I've sold that. But I still have loads of other cameras to sell. Um, but uh, yeah, I will be getting around to listing them on uh, probably on Facebook Marketplace very soon. So here we go with the answers in the first Matt Loves Cameras film photography quiz. Now, I wasn't going to put any background music for this section of the show, but there's a, there's two or three people out there in the neighborhood actually mowing their lawns. We've had so much rain lately, the grass has gone crazy. And so you can hear the faint buzzing of the lawnmower in the background. So I will put the music back on. Here we go. So round one, question one. In 1934, Life magazine photographer Margaret Burke White was famously photographed as she took a photo from one of the eagles on the 61st floor of which building in New York City? Was it A, the Chrysler Building, B, the Flatiron Building, C, the Empire State, or D, the MetLife Tower? It was, of course, A, the Chrysler Building. I'm not sure if those other buildings even have eels. They probably don't. So, yes, it was definitely A, the Chrysler Building. Question number two. Perhaps the most famous Henri Cartier-Bresson photo was taken at the back of a Paris train station showing a man leaping over a puddle. So what was the name of the photo? A. Behind the Gare du Nord B. Behind the Gare de Lyon C. Behind the Gare Montparnasse or D. Behind the Gare Saint-Lazare It was D. Behind the Gare Saint-Lazare, the name of that famous image. Question three. Now, apologies for the, the the happy kind of background music when I was talking about this image. Of course, it's a, it's a very serious photo. Uh, this photo is showing an execution during the Vietnam War. So I, I didn't want to think you I was making light of it. It's it's a very confronting photo. Very interesting story behind it. Um, but of course, it, it was one of the defining moments of the the Vietnam uh, Vietnam War, and it showed one of the uh, member of the Viet Cong being executed in the street in which city was the question A, Saigon, also known as Ho Chi Minh City these days, B, Da Nang, C, Hanoi, and D, Hoi An. Uh, it was, of course, Saigon. Uh, the photo is commonly known as Saigon Execution, so it was A, Saigon. Question four. On Christmas Eve 1968, astronaut William Anders took a photo during the Apollo 8 mission, which showed something humans had never seen before, the Earth rising into the sky above the lunar horizon. The image he took, one of the images he took, was a color image called Earthrise. And which continent can be seen on our beautiful planet Earth as it's rising above the lunar landscape? Was it A, the Americas, North America and South America, that is? B, Australia, C, Europe, or D, Africa? It was, of course, D, Africa. You can see sort of the western part of Africa, the Sahara, all that kind of, that kind of area in the beautiful image uh, that uh, William Anders took. Question five, Dorothea Lange's 1936 image, Migrant Mother, is one of the most iconic images of the Great Depression, but in which US state was it taken? A, California, B, Idaho, D, Colorado, sorry, C, Colorado, or D, Wyoming? It was, of course, A, California. On to round two, the Masters of Photography. So question six, what focal length of lens did Henri Cartier-Bresson use for most of his career? He used a 50mm lens for most of his career. 
Question seven. Vivian Meyer took over 100,000 photos, but which brand of camera is she most associated? It is, of course, Rollerflex. She owned several models of Rollerflex, including the model that I have, the Rollerflex T. Uh, she did, of course, use other cameras like Leicas and a few other ones, uh, but Rollerflex is the, the camera she's most associated with. Question number eight. On which camera was Steve McCurry's Afghan girl image taken? And of course there are bonus points if you know the focal length of the lens and the film he shot the image on. So it was a Nikon FM2 camera. Did you get that right? The lens was a Nikkor 105mm AIS f2.5 lens. But as long as you got, um, you know, a 105mm lens, I'll give you a point for that. And the film. What was the film? I'm sure many of you have put Kodachrome, but did you put Kodachrome 64? Because that was the film he used. So there you go. So there's three points up for grabs in that question alone. Question number nine. Which legendary photographer was a personal friend of Polaroid founder Edward Land, testing every major camera and film Polaroid ever produced? And this photographer also escorted Edward Land's wife Helen into one of the first showings of the SX70 camera in 1972. It is, of course. Oh, hang on. I've got to give you, got to give you the multiple choices. Was it A. Ansel Adams, B. Robert Frank, C. Robert Kappa, or D. Diane Arbus? It was, of course, A. Ansel Adams. Ansel Adams was uh, very good friends with uh, Edward Land from the 19, late 1940s onwards, and he took many, many um, pictures with Polaroid, all sorts of Polaroid cameras. He was a consultant for Polaroid Corporation and he uh, escorted um, Helen Land into the ballroom for a demonstration of the SX-70 in May 1972 uh, for the Society of Photographic Engineers and Scientists in California. Very, very interesting. Robert Frank also uh, took a lot of images with Polaroids from the 70s onwards, uh, but it was not him. He's not the great dancer. Question number 10, what was Annie Leibovitz's camera of choice? Of course, in the, the film days of her career, she's used many cameras, uh, but what was the, the camera of choice that she used? Was it A, a Mamiya RB67, B, a Mamiya RZ or RZ67, C, a Pentax 67, or D, a Bronica SQA? It was, of course, B, a Mamiya RZ or RZ67. There you go. So round number three, camera brands. Question 11, which Hong Kong camera company made the Diana camera in the 1960s? Was it A, the Causeway Bay Camera Co., B, the Great Wall Plastic Co., C, Lucky Film China, or D, Shanghai Camera Co.? It was, of course, B, Great Wall Plastic Co., behind those Diana cameras. Question number 12, which Japanese camera brand is a contraction of the owner's name and the phrase brownie camera in Japanese? So this is a kind of a tricky one. I mean, if you know the answer, you know the answer. And if you don't know the answer, you might kick yourself. Uh, so the original phrase in Japan Japanese was Zenzaburo's brownie camera, which of course got shortened to Zenzabronica. So there you go. Zenzabronica is the answer. Question number 13, in which German city, uh, formerly, uh, well, was it East Germany at one stage, of course, was Meyer Optik based? So in which German city, formerly in East Germany for, for some part of the 20th century, was Meyer Optik based? Was it A, Dresden, B, Gerlitz, C, Leipzig, or D, Frankfurt and Oda? This is a bit of an easy question, really, because, of course, on the lenses, it says Meyer Optik Gerlitz. So it's B, B is the answer for question number 13. I've actually been to Gerlitz. It's right on the, the border of uh, Germany and Poland. Uh, well, it is these days. Back in the old days, it might not have been. Uh, question number 14. The Russian camera Lomo LCA was more or less a copy of a camera made by which camera company out of Japan? Was it A, Topcon, B, Konica, C, Casina, or D, Yashka? It was, of course, C, Casina. It's more or less a direct ripoff of a Casina camera, the, the Lemo LCA. Question 15. In the 1960s, Zeiss Icon merged with which other German camera manufacturer? Was it A, Balder, B, Agfa, C, Linhoff, or D, Voigtlander? It was D, Voigtlander. On to round four, which was film. 
And uh, this is question 16. Which Kodak metal film canister had a bright green lid? Apologies to those people who are colorblind, because you may not be able to tell the difference between some of the, the shades of green. But was it A, Triax, B, Panatomic X, C, Ektachrome, or D, Kodachrome? It was A, Triax. Which is kind of weird when you think about it. They had color lids for black and white films. But anyway, there you go. Question number 17. What was the name of the film rumored to be a batch of Velvia that didn't pass the quality control process that was launched for Japanese cherry blossom season? It is, of course, a a Fuji film, reversal film, color reversal film, and it was called Fortia. That's F-O-R-T-I-A, Fortia. Question number 18. Introduced in 1972, 110 film is, in essence, a miniature version of which film introduced by Kodak nine years earlier in 1963? Of course, uh, the answer is 126 film. Question number 19. When shooting APS, APS, you can typically take images in how many different aspect ratios? And those aspect ratios or image formats, there was H for high definition, which was an aspect ratio of 16.9. There was classic, which was an aspect ratio of 3.2. There was panoramic, which was the aspect ratio 3.1. Now, while that sounds kind of cool, uh, it's kind of smoke and mirrors because two of the image formats were just cropped versions of the high definition format so it wasn't really you know that cool uh, but, but there you go apparently all the, the cool kids are shooting APS and uh, where are we up to I don't even know where we're up to uh, question number 20 which format has the bigger image size Polaroid Joycam or Instax Mini this is a really tricky question uh, but I've got my calculator and my fingers and my toes out for this one and it's Polaroid Joycam it has a bigger image size than Instax Mini there you go so we're on to round five random questions don't you just love a random film photography question So this will be question number 21. The sound when you take a photo with an iPhone or when you take a screenshot with a Mac is the sound of which classic film camera? Is it the A, the Pentax Botmatic, B, the Canon AE-1, C, the Contax G2, or D, the Nikon FM2? It is, of course, B, the Canon AE-1. So when you hear that sound, it's actually recording that a sound engineer working at Apple, his name was Jim Reeks. In the late 80s, he took a shutter sound of his Canon AE-1 and that became the sound uh, for screenshots on a Mac and then for the iPhone camera sound. Isn't that really, really cool? I never knew that until recently, it's fantastic. Question number 22. That's 22. How many exposures would you typically get on a roll of 120 film if you shot the aspect ratio 6 by 8? Do you know the answer? I bet this um, caused a few people to get uh, all in a, a bit of a bit of a fluster, getting getting angry at this one. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, the answer is 10. The answer is 10. If you uh, want to <laughs> to argue that, you, know, you feel free to argue it. I don't know. I've never owned a 6x8 camera, but I have looked that up uh, on the interwebs on different 6x8 cameras, and apparently they get 10 images on 120 film. There's probably some exception somewhere, but the, the answer in terms of this quiz is 10. Question number 23. Which company produced the first autofocus SLR? Was it A, Canon, B, Konica, C, Olympus, or D, Polaroid? Now, the first autofocus camera that was mass produced was a Konica camera. It was the Konica C35AF, but that wasn't an SLR. The first autofocus SLR was produced by D, Polaroid. So the Polaroid SX70 Sonar was the first autofocus SLR ever produced. Isn't that cool? Question number... Oh, I've lost my answers here. Question number 24. In which year was the first color photograph taken? Was it A, 1841, B, 1861, C, 1881, or D, 1901? It was B, 1861. 
25. One of the most viewed photographs of all time, probably the most viewed photograph of all time, is an image called Bliss, which was taken by an American photographer and it was uh, was licensed by Microsoft for their Windows XP operating system background wallpaper. And the question was, which film was the image taken on of course uh, it's you may not know it from the name but if you google uh, bliss and windows you'll you'll see the image and you'll probably know exactly what i'm talking about which color reversal film was it shot on a velvia b ectochrome d kodachrome c kodachrome sorry or d provia it was of course a velvia so it was taken on velvia on a Mamiya RZ, RZ67. So there you go. The photographer, of course, was someone called Charles O'Rea. And Charles took this photo with Mamiya RZ67 on Velvia in California, um, not too far away from Napa Valley, I believe. And originally it was called Bucolic Green Hills. He has titled it uh, Bucolic Green Hills when he uploaded it to uh, a company called Westlight, which shot stock photography. Westlight got sold to Corbus. Corbus Stock Photography Company was owned by Bill Gates. And so the Microsoft uh, development team made Charles O'Rear an offer through the, the Corbus agency for that image. So we're at the halfway mark, 25 questions down. How, how did you go? How did you go? So let's have a look. There are 25 questions but I gave you some bonus points for question number eight. So there's a possible 27 points so far, 27 points. You're listening to Matt Lowe's Cameras. So we're on to the answers for round six, film processing. So this is question 26. What was the name of the process for developing color reversal film before E6? So E6 replaced a process. What was that process called? Did you say E5? Well, that would have been a good guess, but it was actually E4. E4 was the process uh, before E6. Question number 27. Now, this question and one other question I actually sort of um, took from answers on the Ilford website. So if these are wrong, uh, please let me know. Um, You can address your email to support at (laughs) ilford.co.uk and uh, let me know what the right answer is. Um, So question number 27. If your film is entirely blank with no visible images and it does not have any frame numbers, what is the most obvious explanation for the issue? Was it A, your shutter speeds are incorrect, B, the film was processed in water or fixer first instead of developer, C, left the lens cap on, or D, you agitated too much during development. I know I agitate my wife um, quite a lot, Uh, but the question is B, the film was processed in water or fixer first instead of developer. Question number 28. What are the four ingredients of caffeinol? Now, some people say, of course, there's only three, but I'm looking for that fourth uh, ingredient. Some people call it caffeinol C, uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm looking for those four ingredients. I gave you one. Jeez, I'm good. I gave you one already. (laughs) So the four ingredients are coffee, coffee crystals, or, you know, instant coffee, water, or water, or water. How do you guys say it in America? I don't know. Water, water, water. Vitamin C. So that's the kind of the optional one. Some people say you don't need vitamin C, but uh, hey, we're, I'm going to put vitamin C in the mix there. And washing soda. So I believe the uh, the chemical or the scientific name for washing soda is sodium carbonate. So there you go. Water, sodium carbonate, coffee, and vitamin C. They're the four ingredients for caffeinol. Question number 29. If you shot a roll of 400 speed film at ISO 1600 and you didn't want terribly underexposed images, what would you typically need to do in the development of your film? Now, so I know some people are going to say, oh, you know, color print film is going to look fine too, stops underexposed. But um, no, for the purposes of this, we're pretending that we don't want underexposed uh, images. So would you A, push it one stop, B, push it two stops, C, push it real good, or D, push, pull it two stops? I will accept two answers. I will accept B, 
push it two stops and I'll also accept C push it real good uh, because you know if you're pushing a film two stops that's that's pushing it real good a uh, bit, bit of a nod to salt and pepper there uh, and so uh, question number 30 if your process negatives again this is from the Ilford website so if there's any if there's any uh, kickback on this one please email support at ilford.co.uk if your process negatives are too dark that is they are denser than expected which of the following would not be a possible reason A the development time is too long B the developer is too warm C too much agitation has been given D used fixer before developer the answer is, I believe, I, you know, I, I know it's D, you used Fixer before developer. Because I think if you used Fixer before developer, you're pretty much going to ruin your images, right? Uh, all other, the other three uh, answers there were actually on the Ilford website. And they know a lot about film, so they, they could never be wrong. So uh, we're now on to the answers for round seven. This is my favorite round, round seven. Cameras in popular culture. Question number 31. With which Polaroid camera did Andy Warhol famously shuffle back and forth with as he was trying to achieve focus when taking portraits? It was, of course, the Polaroid Big Shot, and that little dance was known as the Big Shot Shuffle. You uh, had to shuffle back and forth to make sure that your, your subject was in focus. Question number 32. Which iconic Nikon camera or Nikon camera featured on the cover of Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited album? It was, of course, the Nikon SP. And uh, I think they were taking the the image for the album cover and uh, the photographer said the background was a bit boring. And so one of of the friends, uh, I don't know if it was a friend of the photographer or a friend of Bob Dylan, uh, just stepped in the background, you know, casually dangling their Nikon SP in the background. So it's a pretty cool story. I can't remember all the exact details, but it's it's a pretty cool story. Question 33. In Alfred Hitchcock's rear window, what brand and what model of camera did Jimmy Stewart use? So I'm giving you a point for each of the, the model and the the brand. Uh, so the, the brand of camera was the, an Exacta. It was an Exacta and the model was a VX, an Exacta VX. So if you knew that, you'll get two points. If you only got half the answer, you'll get one point. Question number 34. No, 34, 31, 32, 33. Yeah, 34. Okay, this one's... This one, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail about this one. So the question is, which of the following has Kodak's legendary film, Kodachrome, not given its name to? So which of these items has Kodachrome not given its name to? A, a film... That is a, a picture that you would see at the movies, that kind of film. B, a song. C, a paint scheme for locomotives. D, a national park. And the answer is, of course, D, a national park. Now, I know there's probably a lot of people jumping up and down now, screaming at their wireless, at their podcast app. What are you talking about? Is a Kodachrome National Park? No, there's not, my friends. Uh, it's actually a state park. It's not a national park. It's a state park. It's called Kodachrome Basin State Park. So it's under state administration, uh, whereas national parks are under federal administration in the United States. So uh, there you go. It's a bit of a trick question. There's been a film called Kodachrome. There's been a song called Kodachrome. There's actually a paint scheme for locomotives called Kodachrome. Uh, but there's no national park. There's only a state park. I mean, state parks are almost as good or probably pretty much as good as uh, national parks. But uh, that was a bit, a bit of a trick question. Uh, to sort you guys out <laughs> now if you did get that one right you can give yourself two points because that was a trick question so you get double points for that one two points question number where are we up to 35 in national lampoon's european vacation the griswold family had their video cameras stolen when they were persuaded to take their shoes off and stand in the aptly titled fountain of the innocence in paris what other type of camera did clark griswold played by Chevy Chase, used in the film. And I was just looking for a brand name of camera because I didn't know the model when I watched the film. It was a Polaroid. Yep. So Clark Griswold also had a Polaroid. Round number eight, and we're into the, the, the years, the dates. So question 36, in what year was the Polaroid SX-70 released? A bit of a clue to this in an earlier question. It was, of course, 1972. Question 37, in which year did Louis Daguerre go public with his invention of the daguerreotypes? That was 1839. 
question 38. In what year did Kodak introduce the uh, their film, legendary film, Kodachrome? It was 1936. Question 39. Which year did Fujifilm launch the first disposable or single-use camera? That was 1986. And question number 40. In what year was 120 roll film introduced? It was 120 years ago. It was 1901. On to round nine. Different name, same camera. So I gave you the name of a camera and you had to give me the other name for it. It might have been rebranded, you know, a different market or something like that. Let's go. So question number 41. The Hasselblad X-Pan 1 is, of course, also known as the Fuji TX1, the Fujifilm TX1. Question 42, the Fujifilm class, that's the original class, not the class S or class W, the original class, is also known as the Roly AF35M in different markets, I think in Europe and in Northern America. Question 43, the Olympus Mu2 is also known as the Olympus Stylus Epic. That was an easy one. Question 44, what was the original name of the Olympus OM1? It was the Olympus M1. Uh, Olympus had to change the name from Olympus M1 to Olympus OM1 because Leica were apparently not very happy about their use of uh, the, the, the name M1 because, uh, of course, they've got their own M-series Leica. Um, question 45. The Canon Shot series is often known by the name Prima in Europe and what name in Japan? It is, of course, a name that really makes no sense. Auto Boy. There you go, Auto Boy. And now we're into the final round. The final round, we've got the shutter sounds. So here we go, I'll just load these up, hang on. So question 46 is one you will hear at the start of every Matt Loves Cameras episode. Here it is. That is of course the Pentax Auto 110. Now I recorded that for episode one of the podcast because I did a review of the Pentax Auto 110. And the idea originally was for each episode of Matt Love's Cameras, I would do a different shutter sound at the start. But then I realized that that would be a complete pain in the bum to do. And also uh, many episodes, I don't actually review cameras. So what would I do for those episodes? So by default, the the Pentax Auto 110 sound uh, is at the start of every episode of Matt Loves Cameras, uh, except for the April of Fools episode last year, which of course had the beautiful sound of a Viewmaster. Uh, okay, question number, where are we? 47. Here's the next one. That beautiful sound is from one of my favorite point and shoots. It is, of course, the Konica Big Mini, which featured in a review, uh, I think it was episode uh, 26 of Matt Loves Cameras, and there's a full review with images on mattlovescameras.com, so check that out if you're a big mini fan. Question 48, here is the sound of the next camera. That is the sound of, uh, it sounds a little bit sick, doesn't it? It's the sound of the Polaroid SX70, of course. I think maybe that was an empty cartridge. So maybe the batteries in that cartridge were a little bit low and it didn't sound that good. But yeah, the Polaroid SX70. And if you'd like to see a review of Polaroid SX70, head along to mattlovescameras.com. It also features in episode 12 of Matt Loves Cameras. Uh, number 49 now. Here is number 49. Now, I gave you a little bit of a clue. I said that the following sound is the sound of a full frame of 35mm being developed, and you hear the shutter sound twice. So that was the clue. It's a half-frame camera. Here it is. That is my favourite half-frame camera and one of my favorite cameras of all the Olympus Pen FT uh, if you said Olympus Pen oh, I don't know will I allow Olympus I tell you what I'll give you uh, I'll give you one point for Olympus Pen and I'll give you a bonus point for Olympus if you said Olympus Pen FT and the last shutter sound and question 50 the final question here is the next sound Now, if you're thinking that sounds a little bit plasticky, well, you'd be right. It is, of course, a Holger. So it doesn't really matter what model it is. They all sound the same. So it's a Holger. So there you go. 50 questions answered. Uh, How did you do? I would love to hear how you went. 
So there were 50 questions with five bonus points scattered throughout the quiz. So there's a total of 55 all up. I'd love to hear how you did. You can uh, go along to Matt Loves Cameras on Instagram and comment your score on the latest post on my Instagram. Or you can send me a direct message and tell me your score. Or you could put it in an Instagram story. Or you could email mattlovescameras at gmail.com. I would love to hear if there's any bits of information I got wrong. Um, I, I would love to um, do a correction if I did get anything wrong. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I researched these questions pretty well. So hopefully there's not too much um, sort of come back about any of the questions. But I hope you have enjoyed this episode. And, um, you know, if it's if this episode's popular... We'll probably do it all again. Uh, so if you have any really good uh, film photography trivia questions for me, you can send them in to mattlovescameras at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. I hope you have enjoyed this show. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to subscribe and also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be wonderful. Cheerio. Take care. Bye-bye. Cassie NMZ. Check the show notes.